morning, everybody. Might have a little rain out there today. Already have. Guess we need that to get the leaves off the trees, don't we? get our slides working today. Here, God. There we go. Thank you. Okay. Uh, last week we were in John 14 and we went, got through about verse 9 and we had some good discussion and we'll see if we can have some more today. Uh, this is Jesus with words of comfort to uh, the apostles. Of course, Peter had just. Uh, yeah, he had been Jesus said it uh, he would deny him three times and Peter's very distraught about this and Jesus has given apostles some words of com- comfort here um, then you know there's going to be some dialogues in this um, in, in this chapter here there's a dialogue with Philip and there's about to be another one here with uh, Thaddeus, and so we'll just pick up where we left off. Uh, Thomas was one of the ones they had a dialogue with. We'll just pick up with verse um, ten, and we'll go from there. Um, so Jesus said, "Do not believe. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me?" The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative that the Father abiding in me does his works. So Jesus is trying to get across to the apostles that he was sent from the Father and that he is a part of the Godhead and he came to the earth, you know, to save the earth. And um, he... um, he has the commands that lead to eternal life. So whatever, whatever he says, he says the Father told him to say. So you know there would be, uh, there would be a re- some reason for the apostles to think otherwise if he was saying something different from what had been said in the Old Testament by when God spoke. But he was on the same, he was he was on the same. Um, uh, I don't know what to say. The same, he was with the same as the Father in his doctrine. So he's trying to get that across to these apostles. Um, so in in verse eleven, he says, "Believe me, uh, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, because of the works themselves, believe." Um, 
if we'll skip ahead to John 20, verses 30 and 31, you'll see the purpose of the book of John. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So Jesus is kind, that's kind of a summary of what the book of John was about, and Jesus is saying that right here. Um, he had already said this in uh, John 5, 36, and John 10, 37 and 38 where he said the works that the Father has given me to finish and that I am doing testify that the Father has sent me. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. Even if you do not believe me, believe the works that you'll know that the Father is in me and I in the Father. So, um, you know, Jesus continues with this theme of saying that he is the Son of God and he was sent by the Father. Um, the, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will do, because I go to the Father. So what he's saying right there is that the apostles whom he's speaking to they will, after he leaves, continue to do his works. Of course, they will have the, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we'll be talking about in a minute. And they will be able to do the works that Jesus has done in carrying out uh, the gospel to the, to the whole world. Um, and he'll, he's saying that they'll do even greater works than he's done such as, you know, the raising of Lazarus. They will also raise uh, some, some uh, people from the dead. And they will do miracles, heal lame men, and, you know, all of that. Um, so he's just saying that he's going to be going back to the Father, but he's going to send the Holy Spirit as a comforter. And so the gospel through the, through the church will be, you know, spread... Uh, in their lifetime and, and after that. So, um, uh, let's see, these words will not have passed on after the, these works will not be passed on except from the ones that the apostles were able, uh, touched to be able to do this. So, after those generations, that will be the end of the miraculous part of it. And, uh, of course, we know that in 1 Corinthians 13.10, it talks about when that which is perfect which is come, which is the, is the written word. And in James 1.25, the perfect law of liberty, then these miracles will cease. Um, it's sometimes hard to get some, some, some of our religious people today to understand that, but... Uh, that is what the, what the Bible says. Uh, then in John 14, 13 through 15, if anybody has any questions or comments, or feel free to stop me here. 
Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh, Jesus is speaking to the apostles in their, in their mission to complete the New Testament and preach the word to the whole world. And the Holy Spirit will allow them to do great miracles in his name. He qualifies that by telling them that they must keep his commandments uh, for this to occur. This is why faith alone does not, does not uh, save a person. It's faith and works. We must obey and have works to please God. So uh, these apostles, um, they probably didn't understand what Jesus was getting at at this time, but uh, there would be, they would be able to do a lot of things uh, through Christ and through, with the Holy Spirit's help uh, in, the coming, in the coming years after Christ had gone back to heaven. Uh, of course, they didn't understand that, that uh, he was going to have to die in order and be raised in order for all these things to take a place. Um, I guess we need to understand the humanity of these men. Um, you know, although they had the uh, they had the Old Testament prophets and all, they obviously didn't understand a lot of that. Um, they were very smart men and all, but they were, um, you know, they were they were uh, common people, fishermen, tax collectors, and that sort of thing. And I guess the humanity of them. Um, was shown here by some of the questions that they were asking and that sort of thing. Um, so, Jesus furnishes proof of his divinity. He says, examine my miracles, examine my words, and examine my power in you. Um, by that we mean he's, he's uh, done many miracles, including raising... Uh, Lazarus from the dead. None of his words contradict the Old Testament, what God has said and the prophets in the Old Testament. And my power in you, of course, they had already been sent out and done some works themselves. So that's the power in them. And um, so, you know, that's proof of his divinity there. And uh, Jesus, part of this, uh, another dialogue we're going to talk about. We've already seen that he talked in this chapter with Thomas and Philip who had questions. And then we're going to have a third, third question brought up by Judas. Of course, this is not Judas Iscariot. This is Thaddeus, one of the apostles. In verse 16, he said... It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. Of course, Jesus is providing comfort to the apostles by letting them know that the Holy Spirit will be a helper for them. 
The Spirit will guide them into all truth. They will abide in them and give them the right words to say to authorities, to rulers, and help those who will pen the words of the New Testament. And, of course, we know that the apostles and uh, soon Paul will be adjoining them. They will be the ones penning the New Testament there. And uh, it will be a comforter for them. So um, this was probably very heavy material for these apostles at this time. Um, but they would soon understand what he was talking about when, when it started, uh, you know, when they started the mission after when the church was established on Pentecost. Mark, it's kind of like the apostles when they, Philip and Thaddeus, and finally grasping, if Jesus is going to go, you better leave us something to hold on to. And right. that would be the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, look, you had me, but the other one is going to be the Holy Spirit that will take over. That's right. That's right, Mike. That's a good point. So, um, so he's not going to leave them desolate. Uh, I think it says um, verses 18 through 20 I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you after a little while the world will no longer see me but you will you will live also in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you uh, the Holy Spirit represents Jesus on earth in his absence as he sits on the right hand of God. Uh, one must be saved in Christ. That's Romans 3.24. And the Holy Spirit dwells within those who are in Christ. Um, and as I said a little earlier, uh, one version states, I will not leave you desolate. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost when the church began, as well as afterwards when the apostles were performing miracles, advocating Jesus to the nations and writing the New Testament. The Holy Spirit lives within all Christians today who are giving who, and gives us hope of heaven and, and, uh, and serving as our guide. You know, the, the, New Te- the, uh, the Holy Spirit is a very... It's kind of a different, difficult uh, concept to grasp. There's been many books written about it. But um, it's, you know, it, it, it guides us into all truth. And it guides us and it's a moral compass within us um, that's guided by the, by the gospel, by the, by the words of God. And... Um, Speaking of the Pentecost, I'm talk a little bit about that. Um, some interesting facts there. Uh, it occurred. Uh, it it occurred on, of course, Pente- it cor- occurred on the day that the church was established in Acts two, and the word uh, "pente" means five or fifty. Um, it was days after the Passover feast. Uh, it was uh, also a celebration by the Jews of the giving of the Mosaical Law. And the name of that was, uh, trying to pronounce this, is Shavuot. 
S-H-A-V-U-O-T, and it coincided with the wheat harvest. It was, um, it was uh, 50 days after Passover. It was, um, Jesus was on the earth for 40, 40 days after his, um, uh, re- after his resurrection, and then the 10 days between that and the, uh, the, the church being established uh, that became came the Pentecost, and uh, the church get uh, similar to the Mosaical Law being given from Mount Sinai. Well, the church was established, and the new new law that was it's written on our hearts. Well, that came at Pentecost. So there's a little bit of irony there um, that uh, we can pull out of that. So both of them began new laws there. Verse 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Uh, James 4.8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to thee. And so Jesus is kind of saying that in this verse here. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And uh, 1 John 5.3 says, love, love for God is to keep his commandments, which are not burdensome. And uh, Deuteronomy 6.17 says, Diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God. So he's reiterating them here that if they keep his commandments, that this, this uh, Holy Spirit will be sent to them. And, um, and if you love God, you're going to keep his commandments and the love of God will be within you through the Holy Spirit. So... Um, this was some, probably some very difficult concepts to grasp at this time, but uh, they would soon understand. And that's what the Spirit was sent for, was for them to understand that a lot of the things that Jesus was, was saying to them. Um, Jesus promises that the Spirit will not only be with them for, for a little while, but within them forever. So, you know, this is true to the Christians now. Um, you know, uh, I think Mike might have brought this out last week, and uh, there in the Old Testament, the uh, Holy Spirit was not as uh, evident as it is was in the New Testament with the uh, giving of the Holy Spirit there on Pentecost. Uh, you know, there were certain ones who had it, mainly the you know the, the prophets. The kings and others, you know, the the spirit of the Holy Spirit was used to create the the, the earth there, because um, it said that the spirit moved on the waters, and there's many other examples. Um, Elijah had the Holy Spirit, and um, and then Elisha, one of his big requests of Elijah before he turned the mantle over to Elisha. He wanted a double portion of the Holy Spirit. Um, so 
you know, and then there's Saul who had the uh, spirit when he was the uh, king, first king, but it departed from him. And, um, you know, he would do things that were not, uh, uh, were not uh, advocated by the, Holy, by the Holy Spirit, like throwing a javelin at, at David, you know, when David would be playing the harp. And, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So the Holy Spirit was in the Old Testament and certain patriarchs, prophets, and kings had it. But in the New Testament, you see that at Pentecost, it became a widespread advocate for the Christian and still serves for the Christian today, but not in the same manner as it did for these apostles in the, in the New Testament. Uh, and the reason that is the case is because they had to further spread the word and continue the uh, New Testament before it was penned for the to, so that for, so they had miracles to do and that sort of thing. It's kind of a great excitement not only to be saved but to have the Spirit available inside the Christians, which is brought out. Was only available to certain ones in the Old Testament. Right. And it was promised to them. Right. Promised to them that are far off as well. That was keeping Joel's promise that he pour out the Spirit on all flesh. That's right. And so the miraculous to the apostles, but to be inside the Christian, that was a glorious thing to them because they'd already heard preaching from John the Baptist and Jesus and them repent, get rid of sin, you know, get right. But to know that God's Spirit was going to be within us to comfort us. Right. That's very true. That's very true. So uh, this was new language to these apostles. You know, um, the New Testament is the mystery revealed and it was hidden in the Old Testament. So um, these concepts were probably very hard for them to to uh, understand. Um, this the resurrection will confirm all that has been said to them, including the sending of the Holy Spirit and their own and their own resurrection on Judgment Day. Uh, of course, some of the spirits, some of the uh, fruits of the Spirit, we see that in Galatians five twenty two, where it says it tells us that love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is actually patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control all are results of the Holy Spirit. So um, those are attributes there of it. So um, Judas, not a scared, this is Thaddeus, says, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Now this is not the same uh, Judas as, of course, the book of the writer of the book of Jude either. He was the half brother of Jesus, and, and uh, who was not an apostle, the one who wrote Jude. Uh, this Judas was also called Thaddeus, um, and uh, he he thinks that Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit and disclosing himself only to the apostles and not to the rest of the world. And uh, Jesus meant that anyone who believes in him and follows his commandments will know Jesus and, and uh, be saved. 
and they'll have their sins forgiven through baptism and we'll have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Um, Thaddeus is the son of James and this is in Matthew ten thirteen, and he's also credited with preaching the gospel to Armenia just north of Turkey. You know, we hear a lot about Armenia today. There's some unrest going on there. Um, so, what do, what do we what do we think that this means right here? You're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world. Don't we think that this means that the apostles would be the ones who would be performing the miracles and uh, whoever they passed it on to for one generation there, and um, that the the Holy Spirit was going to dwell within everyone. Uh, as a Christian, from now to the end of the end of the age, but uh, he's disclosing himself to the apostles because they're the ones that's going to work the miracles before the uh, uh, to pen the New Testament and to uh, you know to uh, make the perfect law of liberty. I, I believe that's what we're getting at there. Thaddeus didn't realize the manifestation that Jesus would do to the world was really his death on the cross. Right. That's that another really thing. the world that he could overcome death. Right, right. And that hadn't happened yet. It never had. Anybody who had died had and had been raised, they went on to die another death. So that was another point there. It's a good point, Mike. So we move on to 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. We will, we will come to him and make our, our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Um, Thaddeus no doubt had a dream of an earthly kingdom, and Jesus dispels this notion as he tells him and the others that loving him as well as God involves keeping his commandments. And he never says anything about Jesus didn't that there's going to be an earthly kingdom in preparation for doing that, for having one. Um, he, say, he states it's God's will that, uh, you know, that the church will be his kingdom. Jesus said, it, do not, if you don't keep his commandments, you not love him, and God agrees with him on this. Of course, he's trying to, he's trying to tell these apostles that God agrees with them on, him on everything. They're, they're one. They're, they're all one. So... Um, Right. I'm right here and then I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit because it is sinking in. You're going to leave us. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? He said, don't worry. He took time to comfort them like he takes time to comfort us. Even in our weakness and our misunderstandings, he's still here for us. Right. He's, Jesus is an advocate for us too uh, for anything He's still making intercession with God for us right now. Uh, all the things that are happening in the world right now, he's, he's making, and the Spirit also, uh, and our prayers and everything when we can't pray the way we 
we would like to, you know, the, the Holy Spirit uh, helps us with our with our the words that we want to say. So, good point. Yeah. It's like ice, water, and vapor. Mm-hmm. It's all together. You can't separate it from the truth. Right. It's kind of like Rob Whitaker said. Teach them the word. Give them the Bible because the powers of the word to change people's hearts. You know, kind of like heaven and understand with Jesus. They come to rest Jesus and no one spake like him. Why? Because he was speaking the words of God that was changing their hearts. Right. And the same can happen today. We say, well, we use these fancy words. No, no. No matter who we are, we have the power. We got the word of God. And we just share it with people. That's what's going to change your hearts. Not our wisdom. Not our fancy way of saying things. If it was felt just like that, we couldn't save anybody with God's word. But the power is in the word of God, not us. Right. It's not just telling it, it's living it. Right. Very Obey much so. it. Obeying the commandments. Like the commandments is important. It's a commitment that we have to fight against our own, you know, what we want will. to do. Mm. The true love is when we put that stubborn will aside and say, this is what I know. When you stand by Christ. Right. Stand by his truth and his words. Very, very much so. Receive salvation. 
But if you come on down to verse uh, 43, this is after the 3,000 had uh, been baptized and received salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And so it's evident that the 3,000 didn't have the miraculous power. Right. But the apostles did. But the Christians did have the Holy Spirit. And later on, the scriptures teach, you know, that those uh, apostles could bestow that miraculous gift by laying their hands on um, people right. to receive the miraculous uh, ability of the Spirit. But then you put it all together, and by the time that all of the apostles and all those upon whom they had laid their hands died, miracles ceased, but the Holy Spirit continues in the Word, and themselves it's, it's all one. And there wasn't any need for the Holy Spirit thereafter. I mean, for the uh, miracles to occur after the gospel had been written, after the uh, New Testament had been completed, right? Yes, Mike. I'm sorry. You get into the core of baptism. What happens? What brings you to life? You buried a dead person. What's bringing you to life? The Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit comes in and gives a new life. Death is separation of body and spirit. So when you bury the dead man, what is bringing you to life? The Holy Spirit comes in the Christian and bringing him that new life. Right. That's very true. Born of water and spirit. That is very true. Um, let's see if we can't try to wrap this up this week. Um, Jesus summarizes his response uh, by, by reviews his uh, promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, then we go to 25 and 6. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to re your remembrance, all that I said to you. So, um, you know, some of the comments that you, that have been said here is kind of bringing this out, what, what y'all have said. It'll help them teach the gospel. It'll bring it into remembrance. No doubt when, the, when Jesus went back up to, to his Father, this Holy Spirit was helping these, these apostles to remember all the things that Jesus had said to write the Gospels and to complete the New Testament with the epistles, like from the apostles and from Paul. Um, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, but let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So Jesus is you know, the best way to teach is through repetition. He says it again. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Uh, the peace Jesus was talking about was not a worldly peace. It's a peace that's going to pass all understanding, uh, like in Philippians 4, 7 says. And it's not talking about that if you live here on earth as a Christian, you're going to have uh, peace and not, not have any trials or tribulations it's talking about that you'll have a heavenly home waiting for you so you know a lot of people think that 
that living the Christian life is just going to be easy, but it's not. It's, um, there's going to be, you know, you're in the minority because broad is the way it leads to destruction and narrow is the way it leads to, leads to everlasting life. Um, Jesus summarizes his response, uh, reminds them of his prophecy. Um, in 28, it says, You heard that I said to you, I go, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. He's saying to these apostles that if you really understood everything that is about to happen, you'd be rejoiceful because, you know, he's going to be dying, he's going to be buried and resurrected, and he's going to be going back to heaven, and this is going to cause a reconciliation between the sinner, which is them, and everyone else, and God. And so it's going to be something to uh, be joyful about. Um, the, the church is going to be established. And um, so, you know, all of this is going to happen. And he's saying if you really understood that, you'd be real joyful about it. Um, 29 and 30, and now I have told you, you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you will believe. I will no longer talk to you uh, with much with you for the ruler of this world is coming he has nothing to do with me of course the ruler of this world is, is Satan always has been and Jesus is just like he has in the past in the wilderness and all the other temptations that were brought about with Jesus he's going to overcome them and um, uh, even back to Genesis 3.15 where it says Satan will bruise Jesus' heel but Jesus will crush, you know, Satan's head. So he's going to overcome all this. Uh, 31, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up and go from here. So Jesus says once again to the apostles that he will follow God's plan all the way into death, all the way to the cross. He, he didn't use the word cross, but that's what he means. He tells the apostles basically that his time is short uh, and he's going to be soon arrested I think it's in chapter 18 so uh, those are very good words of comfort that Jesus gives to the apostles and uh, he tells them about the Holy Spirit and uh, I think John 15 I think maybe Larry will pick that up and be talking about the you know the analogy of the vine and the branches. So that'll be a good study next week. So thank you for your attention and your comments.